Hello, friends, and welcome to About the Other Day. <laughs> Thank you for joining the podcast. This is our second start um, at this today. Uh, you will be happy to know that our children are very safe and secure. Yep. In their room. Because <laughs> we just walked in because they wanted to show us something before we started the podcast. And the thing they wanted to show us was that apparently Nora can climb onto Adeline's shoulders. Mm-hmm. And that Adeline can walk across the room with her on her shoulders. And then, and then launch her into their book <laughs> nook. <laughs> That's oh, against the rules word. now. That's not a. That's not a allowed now. No, we didn't set that rule before, but now we have to. You can't carry your sister on her, your shoulders and launch her into the book nook. Parenting's a tricky thing, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, that, uh, perhaps this is why God eventually, you know, gets around to uh, the ethic of Jesus versus the ethic of the Ten Commandments. You know what I mean? Because if you make it about what you can't do, people are always going to find a loophole. (laughs) (laughs) So now the rule is no one carries anyone under any circumstances. That's true. But I guess that that does leave a loophole for just launching. It's like, well, what if I didn't carry her across the room? I just launch her from here Mm -hmm. into the book nook. No. We'll find out. I guess we'll hear it. Put the microphone to the ground at some (laughs) point. All right, you ready to get into this? Yep. Are you super excited? So stoked. You thrilled? Did you get your yawns out? Yep, I got my one yawn out. Do you know what stoked means? Mm, Like if you stoke a fire? Yeah. You like make it better. So you're so make it bettered Mm -hmm. for this. Yeah, I'm going to make my life better. You're going to make your life better. All right. Hmm. Why well, did people start using that word? The way this works is um, we, uh, I write a message. I don't know. It's mostly X Games, guys. It's, it was skateboarders and rollerbladers. Mm. They were getting stoked first. They were getting stoked. Yeah, they were getting wicked stoked. <laughs> um, so I, I wrote a message for a message series that we're teaching at our church, uh, Risen Church, risenchurch.us. Mm-hmm. Um, every Sunday morning right now, you can go to risenonline.us and kind of join in a, uh, you can comment along and, and watch as we sort of premiere, uh, the sermon video for that week, along with a little sermon, sermonette video that our kids do. And we spend a little time in prayer as a church community and you can join us for that. But this podcast, actually, we talk about what that message is going, going to be kind of, mm-hmm. we take the script of what I'm thinking I'm going to teach and Megan reads it and we, uh, kind of talk through what we think's good about it and what's bad and what jokes are going to work and what jokes are going to work so great. Uh, yeah. Because there's never jokes that don't work. There's just jokes that are going to work I, and jokes that are going to destroy. That's not true at all. Yep. But even if I tell you that's not a good joke, you still try it. Of course I do. Yeah. Well. You ready? Who's laughing now? <laughs> We're all about to be once you get into these jokes. Uh, you have a lot of jokes today? I don't think so. No. All right. I could use a few if you want to inject a few as you go. Not very, really feeling very funny today. Yeah? No. We'll see about that. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Last week, we started a direction of talks that we're calling Prayer is Weird because it is. 
or at least the kind of prayer that we're talking about in this series, is weird. There's really several different kinds of prayer. There's wishful thinking prayer. That's not that weird. Everyone does that. There's desperation prayer. That's not that weird. Everyone does that. And there's name it and claim it prayer. That's not that weird. A lot of people do that. And there's religious habit prayer. That's not weird. I'm probably going to give kind of some examples of each one of those. Do okay. you do you know what I mean by each one of those? Yeah. You want to look back at them real quick? What's the... Yeah. Wishful thinking is like, oh, I hope yeah, you feel better. Isn't I hope necessarily this goes even, this way. Right, right. That's thoughts and prayers yeah, prayer. right. We could call it the same thing. Right. It's, it's just, not even really an engaging with God right. necessarily. It's just... Well, it's kind of, to me... I'll pray about that. See, I think wishful thinking prayer, maybe you have a different category for this, but... Oh, no, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Because I think that's going to take us down another rabbit trail. I'm not going to do that again this week. I think the rabbit trails are what a podcaster is for. We have a podcast so that we can go down rabbit trails, Megan, so that we can get a nice, succinct video. Okay, well, let me go back to <laughs> wishful doesn't thinking go down the prayer then. I'll let okay. that be my last one. Um, desperation prayer is like if some, yeah, you're desperate and you really want something to change. It's You're on a deathbed. Right. You're, somebody you love is on a deathbed. When we pray in those moments, it's not that weird. Right. It's like something is happening way beyond my control and I need something I to need happen something. that's way beyond my ability to do anything about it. So I'm going to pray. It's like, well, right. what else are you going to do? It's right. not that weird. This sort of can go into the name it and claim it too. Like, uh, the name it and claim so? it just see. Like, I need my healing. To I'm going to claim name it. Name it and claim it tends to be a little more. Ugh, this is controversial, but a podcast is the place for it, right? It's a little more. Um, it's a little more narcissistic. Na- name it and claim it prayers have to do with they're selfish in nature even if it's selfish for like reasonable reasons you know what i mean like we're in debt and we're claiming that we're going to get out of debt it's like all right but it's it's all about you like well once i'm out of debt then i'll do all these things i'll be generous and all. all right it's all about you mm-hmm. it's even like he naming and claiming some kind of healing like god you have to fix this for me mm-hmm. um it is all about you and you don't and necessarily name it and claim it for someone else generally no, not not in general, or gotcha. at least not in, in the way that I'm thinking about it here. But okay. anyways, the, the point of all of these is to say, you know, they're not that weird. Yeah, right. Yeah. Religious habit is, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're honestly talking a it's little bit about. It's weird if you're not in that religion. Right. But if. Right, but everybody pretty much, I mean, at least, at least until the last couple of years, everybody was in some religion or another. Right. And in general, you're still talking to people who have some concept of Christian prayer mm-hmm. habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and there again, it's like a lot of people do that. It's not terrible. It's not that weird. And it's also, to me, religious habit prayer has a different purpose. Mm-hmm. Religious habit prayer is checking a box because that's what you have to do mm-hmm. in order to be considered a continued part of that religion. Mm-hmm. Or because somebody's going to ask and you want to answer a certain way. And yeah. Could I give a little example of this religious habit prayer? Yeah. I think it is. So remember we were watching that show. Um, it's a city baking. Like it tours different cities and shows yes. how they. Yeah. City bakes. City bakes. Yeah. Um, With Paul Hollywood. Yeah. It's a really good show. Anyways, he was in Jerusalem and they have like different sectioned off breads like these breads are kosher, these breads are not. And then they have a third section for breads 
um, of breads that are have like this stamp that have been cooked into them as people like little piece of paper that have been cooked into the breads Mm -hmm. and it is for the busy um jewish person yeah i think i was gonna say jerusalem person (laughs) like the jerusalem (laughs) for the the busy jewish person that if they don't have time to bless their bread because apparently the blessing of their food is quite extensive yep. um if they just need to qu- grab a quick lunch and go back to work or whatever they can buy this certain type of bread that has the stamp in it because it's already been pre-blessed and so they can just kind of say a quick um shortened version yeah because uh, they've already the work's already been done for them yeah that's How excellent cr- that's so crazy to me right religious habit yeah it's, it's this there there are there is a type of prayer that I would say is not I mean we think of that as weird but at the same time like that's the most common type of prayer it's the most common understanding of what prayer is mm-hmm. across the world is a like well if you're part of a religious tradition you have to pray a certain way for certain things so why do you pray because I'm a Jew yeah like why do you pray because I'm a Muslim mm-hmm. why do you pray because I'm a Christian right that's just not all that weird that's a very very widely held thing and I'm kind of getting at the idea here that Jesus is inviting us to something weirder than that mm-hmm. um, that those are a little too common yeah doesn't make any of them bad none of these things are bad we we weren't saying the name and claim it thing was bad we weren't saying the religious habit thing is bad the wishful thinking thing is bad the desperation thing we're not saying mm-hmm. any of that we're just saying we're talking about a different kind of prayer than all of those right yeah i was gonna go back to my wishful thinking thing um tidbit but i'm, I'm gonna keep reading and see what you're talking about today okay and see if you hit on it at all all right luke 11 1 one day jesus was praying in you, a s- you skipped like half of oh just just so we understand like why we're at luke 1 Jesus's followers see him oh, praying in a way that, that doesn't fit into any of those categories. So yeah. That's kind of what we're saying is like, what what are we talking about here? We're talking about a different category of thing and we're talking about it because Jesus's followers see him and he doesn't appear to be demanding anything. He's not modeling any of the religious traditions that they know of. He's not saying the things they're used to hearing people say. He's not even going to the temple like they thought you had to to pray. Mm-hmm. So we're told in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Mm-hmm. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples spoke to him. Lord, he said, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And that's kind of what this message series is is designed to explore. If we had a moment to talk to Jesus about prayer, we might say something like what these disciples said here. We might say something like, when I pray, it feels tiresome and pointless and habitual to the point of boredom. But you seem to think it can be something better than that. You seem to teach th- there's a weird kind of praying we can engage with that has our interest. Hmm. And that has our interest is what I meant to sort of say. Yeah. And that has our interest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you kind of said that last week, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of said like sometimes I, I find prayer to be tiresome or just boring or just like I, I just don't do it sometimes because what's the point I don't I don't see the point of it um, and and 
I absolutely feel that way. And I think way more Christians and just people in general feel that way than maybe would like to admit. Um, But what we have here with this moment of Jesus is essentially the disciples kind of saying the same thing. Maybe maybe I'm reading between the lines in saying that, but they're kind of saying like, whatever you're doing, Mm -hmm. that looks engaging. That has my attention. Yeah. Because I have a prayer life. I'm not. These are good Jewish boys. They know how to pray. Right. They've prayed all their lives. But then they see Jesus and they're like, but that, something weird about that. And I kind of want in. Can you teach us that? And that's how we yeah. get this. Do you do you talk about why they they use John? Because they're talking to Jesus. So why? And he prayed. So why? All right, why wouldn't they ask, teach us to pray like you pray? He They said, teach us to pray just as ta- John taught his disciples. Well, okay. A couple of things. For starters, John is more famous than Jesus at this point. At this point. John the Baptist is way more well-known um, for quite a while, actually, mm-hmm. until the resurrection. John the Baptist is just such a huge name, and when he's beheaded, his martyrdom makes him an even bigger deal. Mm-hmm. So he's just kind of a a celebrity rabbi um, hmm. to these people, and so they're like, teach us to they don't mean you're, you're just reading that grammatically a strange way i understand the okay. question you're asking you're you're reading it the wrong way um they're not saying teach us how john prayed uh and if they are saying that if they are asking that they're they're saying that because they assume that jesus learned this way from john so they might be assuming that like, but i like think jesus is one of john's disciples right because jesus was baptized by john by as john. far as they're concerned like okay. john's the big celebrity here and john, jesus followed in his footsteps even though G- john said i'm not even worthy mm. to like he's the he's the important one people have a hard time grasping that okay um more importantly though i think you're just reading it wrong i think they're saying teach us to pray the way john taught his disciples to pray not teach us the way of john's prayer teach us to pray the way you pray the way John taught his disciples to pray the way he prayed. Mm-hmm. You, it's still not clicking for you. Mm-mm. You're just reading it wrong. They're saying John taught his disciples how to pray. Right. And that was really cool. Oh, now, will you disciples. teach us how to pray? We're your disciples. Will you teach us will how to pray? Will you teach us how to pray? Okay. Because okay. John did that. Can you do that too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So okay. it could go either way. But gotcha. I think what they're saying is John taught uh, taught us, a lot of us, a lot of them were were John's disciples before Jesus. But John taught his disciples how to pray. Can you teach us how to pray? Gotcha. We know that's a thing just that rabbis can do now. Yeah, you're probably right. That's probably how it meant. Because yeah. <laughs> then he goes on to explain how to pray. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and we find an extended version of what kind of response Jesus might offer to his question, to this question in Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 5. When you pray. We made a leap there, by the way. Yeah. That Luke records the question being asked. Matthew just records a longer version of the answer. The Lord's Prayer and all of this stuff is found in Luke 11 and Matthew 6. Hmm. We're using Luke 11 for the question, Matthew 6 for the prayer. It kind of doesn't matter. Like this is how Je- this is what Jesus taught about prayer. You can combine the two. You don't even yeah. have to say like according to Luke it's this, according well, to Matthew it's, just, it's like right. all of these things are the same things. Right, right. Um I think Matthew just does a better better job of going a little more in depth for this. Okay. Uh, when you pray, do not be like those who only pretend to be holy. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners. They want to be seen by other people. What I'm about to tell you is true. They have received their complete reward. Get over all your religious and habitual and fake holiness stuff and realize that the real point here is bigger and better than that. 
Last week we said pretending to be holy when you pray isn't fooling God. It's only fooling you. Do you feel like that's still a trend? What? Like. Yeah. I love that you're asking the question you're asking. I just want you to clarify it. I know what you mean, but I don't think a listener could possibly until you. I just feel like when we were growing up, it was a trend. Like, but maybe the trend has changed to into something else that is just as pretentious. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, maybe. I I think. (laughs) <laughs> this is why I'm so glad you're asking this question. Because I feel like... The- you're asking this question as someone who is well into the process of deconstructing your own faith and reconstructing a faith that you can live with and that you feel good about. Um, and one of the marks of, of being that kind of person and being in that process is sort of losing the ability to remember what it was like in that world to the point where you're thinking that everyone has changed with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're kind of saying like don't you think people have moved on from that and i would just say yeah mostly probably not you have Hmm. you have and that's great and maybe some other people have and that's great but for the most part nah (laughs) (laughs) i think i think religious pretentious christianity is doing just fine Hmm. uh okay and yes it does change we do we do you know hitch our wagon to different things i've heard lots of yeah, Christians watch years. R-rated movies now. They didn't when we were kids. Right, right. But, but they, I'm talking about even prayer specifically, though. Like, you don't have to talk to God like like you're talking in King James language or whatever. You can talk to him like... And so then that became more of the trend of like, well, I'm just going to talk to him like he's my dad sitting across from the room yeah. from me kind of thing. Yeah. I think... I don't know. It's changed for us, and that's really all we can see. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, in general, it has changed. My my suspicion is no, yeah. not really. My not suspicion really. is is by and large, there's probably just about as many people as ever who still have a because it's really about a a disconnection, isn't it? I mean, it's 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 really mm-hmm. about a disingenuous faith. It's really about um, a, a hypocrisy that we often don't even know is hypocrisy. We mm-hmm. think like God wants me to be sort of holy mm-hmm. when I'm approaching. God wants me to separate the sacred from the ordinary. Mm-hmm. God wants me to have and uh and I think that's just a lot as as alive and well today as it ever was. Even but but maybe we've moved on. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um so and we started to see that when we pray weird prayers, God doesn't hide us from our world but opens our eyes to our world. God never intended for us to pray while we ignored what was actually going on all around us. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with this consideration, the next bit of instruction may seem weird, but at least it is really easy. But at least it is a really easy bit of instruction to follow. All right. So last week we did verse five. This week we're doing verse six. That okay. was just a little recap paragraph we went yep. through there. Here's verse six. Here's where I'm pulling notes from this week. Okay. Uh, verse six when you go when you pray go into your room close the door and pray to your father who can't be seen your father will reward you because he sees what you do secretly um what i don't know there's just a lot in that but 
know. Triggering? Are you yeah. Triggered? I just. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm just going to go. Um, this point couldn't really get any more practical than it already is. Jesus teaches that you need some space in your life to be alone with God. It doesn't need to last all day. It doesn't have to be hyper-spiritualized. There don't need to be candles and incense involved, but there does need to be space. For those of us who only ever pray in the car at red lights or as we're drifting off to sleep, Jesus is simply saying, just go away for a minute and focus on what you're doing on what you're doing when you pray. Just make it a little weird. Anything there? What what's what, what's making you uncomfortable about that? Your father will re- will reward you for what you do secretly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jesus is speaking to a paradigm here where what he's suggesting is odd to these people. It's not particularly odd to us. Um he is saying you don't just have to pray at the temple. Now, that was always true. This is one of those things that's like, it's a through line of the entire Bible. Like, there's always people praying and not necessarily at the temple. Mm-hmm. But it's just not how they would have read it. It's not how they would have understand it. And it's not how it would have been taught to them as first century Jewish Palestinians. They just would not have heard it's okay to pray somewhere other than the temple. It's okay to pray alone. They thought, like, yeah, maybe Moses can do that because everywhere Moses goes automatically becomes a temple. Yeah. Like, God speaks to him on the tops of mountains and whatever. Um, also noteworthy that when Moses does that and he comes down and his face is shining like he's he's been with God and he brings heaven back to the people, they're like, no, 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 we don't want that. How about you <laughs> be, the, be the one who talks to God whenever and wherever? And just tell us what he says. Like they, they want that separation because <laughs> that's weird. Um, but yeah, this whole like God will reward you for what you do secretly. I get why it makes us cringe a little bit. Um, I, I get why it's a little strange, but I do think it's important to remember um, Jesus isn't talking to uh, us here. It's not to say that it doesn't apply to us, mm-hmm. but. It's just not, that's not what's being recorded. That's not what Matthew is writing down. Matthew is saying, here's what Jesus said to a group of first century Jewish boys who asked him a question about their prayer life. Mm -hmm. This is how he responded. Mm -hmm. Now to pick it up and and to move it 2,000 years later and all the way around the world and to just sort of assume that it's going to fit perfectly into how we think and how we talk and all of our paradigms would be to majorly ignore what's actually happening and what's actually being communicated here. Jesus is trying to take these people on a leap forward to say, you don't just have to go to the temple to pray. And as a sort of ancillary point to that, your prayers count even when there's not a priest there saying, oh, good prayer. God liked that one. Yeah. That's what he means whenever he says God will reward you for this. He's saying, I'm going to go ahead and be priest for you and say, God loves to hear you pray like this because you have only ever operated in a system where a priest has to tell you that was acceptable before God. I'm telling you this will be acceptable. Does that do anything for you with it? Yeah. 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 You're so saddened by it all. I'm not saddened by it. I just, I don't know. 
but thinking about it that way does help a little bit. Like, okay. He was talking to people who, who didn't know that they could pray by themselves. Yeah. But you will be rewarded. Like what, what else could that mean? Like you'll be, your prayers will be answered. Is that another? That's an interesting thing. And that is something we're going to get into in, in today's message is like, what do we even mean by rewarded? Uh, I'm looking up right now at concordance. I'm trying to find out um, what the word reward. Because even the he sees what you do secretly, that doesn't, I don't think that even bothers me as much as like, because to me, if I were to just read this without, past me reading this, would have read it as okay. Well, this is what I have to do. I'll my I'll be rewarded. I'll my prayers will be answered. Yeah, yeah. and that's where it has led me to today, where it's like I've had many prayers that weren't answered. Now I know the whole like yeah, maybe th- it wasn't because of whatever reasons. I get I understand all of that. God knew best, but okay. I'm seeing now what's what's triggering you about that, um, or what's. My What's issues with there? prayer, yeah. I think, is is stemming from that part. Like because you are reading, um, twenty first century Americanized concept of right. reward, right, and punishment mm-hmm. into an ancient text mm-hmm. where people did not have the same concept. Mm-hmm. All Jesus is saying. Do you think that's just a, me? Kind of a Greek? No, no, no. I think it's it's penal substitutionary theory all through and through. It's heaven and hell doctrine. It's it's all this stuff that we possess that we believe that Jesus didn't teach or believe, and that his listeners didn't teach or believe. Like they they did not operate. On, I'm not saying they're wrong for that right, reason. Right. I'm saying they didn't think that way. They were not thinking that because they weren't praying necessarily for the kinds of things we pray for. Of course not. Right. No, no, no. Um, they would have never dreamed to. Right. They, it would have never crossed their mind to go into the temple and, and pray that God would help them pass a test. See, I think that's... They would have never dreamed of praying. That's the bigger thing it for me. It just would not have conceptually. Right. Prayer was was about, and this isn't just happening with Jesus. I've done a bad job in my life. I'm, I'm learning some of this even in, in present time. Jesus isn't the first one to come along and preach the kingdom of God is near. Heaven is coming near. He's not the first Jewish rabbi to come along and say, I mean, I read Amos to you this morning. Mm-hmm. These prophets who came before, these rabbis who came before Jesus saying, hey, here's what needs to happen. Here's, here's who needs to be set free. Here's who needs to be taken care of. Here's who we need to be shifting our focus to. Like he's, he's saying, here's what your prayers should be about. Um, so we, yeah, we, we do miss the point majorly whenever we write, we read our own understanding of reward and punishment and mm-hmm. in, whatever into this, the, the Greek word here that gets translated into reward. Um, I would butcher the pronunciation of it. Uh, I'll, I'll try it anyways though. Cause it's, it's fun, right? Uh, apao de domi, <laughs> apao de domi. Let's see how close I got. I'm going to. Strong's G five ninety one, apodidomy, apodidomy, um, and it is a, 
it is a way of Jesus saying that you have this right. It's it's a way of Jesus saying, when you do it, if you pray like this, mm-hmm. it will work. You mm. will be just as heard by God mm. as if you went to the temple and did what the priest said. Mm-hmm. You will be just as right before him. God will issue to you whatever he would have issued in the temple, whatever concept of reward and punishment, whatever you think God was going to do for you if you did it mm-hmm. through the other way. He will do it this way. Maybe you could read, he will do it this way too. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you you would read and say, this is really how God would prefer to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But either way, what's really being said is Jesus is saying, this "This will work. work This will work too. Yeah, let's go ahead and be conservative about it and say, Jesus is saying, this will work too. Mm -hmm. This will be just fine. You can yeah. get just as close to God yeah. like this as you do when you kill a goat right. and, and cover the temple floor in blood. And and the priest says it was good and God mm-hmm. received it and God will reward you. I'm saying God will reward you for this. Too. Until he dies. Then, <laughs> right? Until he's crucified and then risen again. Then that way doesn't really work anymore. Then, well, I don't know. You'd have to take so many <laughs> things out, Megan. I know. I in know. order, you, you would have to, well, I'm just saying like you'd have to get rid of and it could be argued that that's what most of the book of Acts is, mm-hmm. uh, or most of the rest of the Bible really is getting rid of idolatry and getting rid of religious practices that uh, I've heard it said by several theologians in recent years. Like if Jesus discovered that uh, Judaism had been replaced by a new religious system, he'd be appalled. <laughs> like that Jesus would look around and say, wait, I came to end religion and you started a religion in my name? Yeah. <laughs> you started telling people who's in and who's not. And you started telling people who could, who they could live with and who they could marry and who they could sleep with and when they can buy fried chicken. And, and you built a new thing mm-hmm. in my name. Did you, did you pay attention at all to what, I mean, most of the book of Acts is the apostles learning to, that in order to take this out into the rest of the world, we're going to have to deconstruct yeah. everything we ever thought was important. Yep. That's what's happening. That's what the book of Galatians is about for the Apostle Paul is like realizing, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you take this out into the world, you have to really decide what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why when Jesus was asked, what's the most important thing? It's like love God and love people. That's right. why Jesus boiled it down to something that fits no matter what culture. Yeah. And he doesn't that's tie true. himself to so many of the things that we do. He doesn't lock himself down to. And, uh, and it's silly that we even take people after Jesus and we're like, well, it's still New Testament. Some of the things that Paul says, some of the things that Peter says, I was like, well, yeah, they're in the process of trying to figure out how to apply it in such a way that people would be saved, that people would put their faith in Jesus. Like they're trying, they're actively doing the thing that their rabbi taught them to do, to look around and to say, how can we invite people into this? Mm. And, and what, what religious stuff do we need to shed in order for it to happen? What stuff do we just have to get over yeah. in order for this to happen? And they have that huge discussion in, in Acts chapter 15. It's not huge for us because we miss the point of it. But but that moment when um, when they're starting to realize like there's a bunch of people converting to our faith, converting to the way of Jesus who don't want to be circumcised. Mm-hmm. And we think they should be circumcised. And for us, it's like, well, that's not really a big deal. Like, well, yeah, it is. <laughs> 
because uh, guess who got circumcised first? Abraham, like pre-Moses, pre-Ten uh, Commandments, pre-Levitican law, pre-every... This is the mark. This is the covenant thing. It's never been an option Yeah. for you to be a person of God and for the men of your tradition to not be circumcised. Yeah. That's never been an option. That was assumed 100% all through Jesus's day, all after Jesus's day. And in Acts chapter 15, you have a conversation where they're sitting down and they're saying, I think maybe this thing that's been present in our tradition since the beginning of time, since Abraham, I think we just got to let it go. Hmm. That's huge. Yeah. That's crazy. That's what the followers of Jesus discovered is like following Jesus means None of your traditions mean crap. <laughs> I even said crap on the podcast. It was good of me, wasn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Ew. All right. You ready to move on? Yeah. Um, all right. So this is just the first paragraph after the verse, all right? Yeah. And this um, is the short part. This is the practical, like, yeah. here's what we can actually do with this. This point couldn't really get more practical than it already is. Jesus teaches that you need some space in your life to be alone with God. It doesn't need to last all day. You just read I that I already paragraph. read all yep. that whole paragraph. Yep, next paragraph. Um, I think this is more important and more difficult than it's ever been in my life. I need moments where I focus completely on the beauty and love and grace and gratitude of God alone. But how do we reconcile? reconcile the idea that Jesus tells us that sometimes we need to go and pray alone with the idea that God does not intend for us to pray while we ignore the world all around us. Does that question make sense? That's the point of this sermon. Yeah. Is like, well, wait a second. Last week we really talked about not separating the sacred from the ordinary. Right. We talked about how like God isn't interested in um, you, you praying while you ignore what's going on in the world around you. And then the very next thing he says is like, Tune out the world but, around you when yeah, you pray. But go away um, alone. So that's that's what I want to do is kind of reconcile those two things because I think uh, that they actually reconcile quite beautifully if we really understand what Jesus is getting at. Okay. Uh, point number one: being alone with God helps us remember that helps us remember we're with God when we're not alone with God. Okay, let me reread that one. Yep. Sorry. Um, being alone with God helps us remember we're with God when we're not alone with God. Being alone with God mm -hmm. helps us remember that we are with God even when we're not alone with God. One more time. One more time. And I think it's going to click for you. Being alone with God helps us remember that we are with God even when we're not alone with God. Got it. Yep. And I'm <laughs> going to explain it pretty well. I think okay. I, that's, that is intentionally wordy and, and odd okay. and, and meant to be like a head scratcher. But okay. I think we're going to explain it. When we create space for these moments, we start to learn something I think the Bible tells us from start to finish. There is no ground that is not holy. There is no place where God's love is not. There are no moments that God is not near. But there are plenty of times when we're not paying attention to God. There are plenty of times when our soul is not well. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be, that was a little bit of what I was going to say about the whole wishful thinking prayer. To me, wishful thinking prayer is a little bit more, um, it's, it's more meaningful than just wishful thinking prayer to me, I guess. Like, mm. 
I know I'm, I understand we need to have the times where we need to get alone with God. But at the same time for me, like, I feel like this is going to sound real weird, I guess, coming out of my mouth, but like in my spirit, when I am like going about my day, but still like, no, I'm not stopping and saying, right. God, it's just you and me right now. But it's like, all right, please be with this person. And you know, that kind of like, yeah. I, I mean, a sort of in a sense, like wishful thinking, praying, but at the same time, like I'm thinking about that person and I'm, Right. I don't know. You're connecting to. Yeah. 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 Like, um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. No, I think that's good. Okay. Um, you want me to read this next chunk here? Um, so there's this weird little story in Genesis 28 Mm -hmm. where a man named Jacob has a dream. Um, in the dream, he saw a stairway. This is verse 12 of Genesis, uh, a stairway standing on the earth. The top reached heaven, stairway to heaven. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's what? buying a stairway. Oh, this to is a heaven. dream. Okay. Oh, right. Okay, okay. Uh, the angels of God were going up and coming down. The Lord stood beside the stairway. He said, I am the Lord. I am the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of Isaac. I will give to you and your children after you the land that you're lying on. There will be they will be like the dust of the earth. You can't they can't even be counted. This is a very ancient Jewish thing that uh, that they're like, We'll make you super, super fertile. Um, they will spread out from the west to the east. They will spread out to the north, from the north to the south. All nations of earth will be blessed because of you and your children after you. I am with you. I will watch over you everywhere you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done everything that I promised to you. So, um, mm. now a lot of that may not meant a much may not have meant much to us but Mm -hmm. it means a lot to jacob right Mm -hmm. and it causes him to draw what i think is a very weird conclusion jacob Mm -hmm. has this vision this time alone with god um that jacob is alone with god in this sort of ascending um sense Mm -hmm. and he doesn't think i need to go back to sleep to have another moment another dream like that Mm -hmm. he doesn't think i need to you know, get another bag of those mushrooms or whatever it was <laughs> that made me feel that he doesn't think I need to get back to that place. I need to be alone with God more so I can be entranced like this more. Mm-hmm. Instead, he actually thinks verse 16, he woke up from his sleep and he thought the Lord is surely in this place. And I didn't even know it. The conclusion mm-hmm. he draws from that moment, from that prayer, from that ascending time alone with God in his room with the door shut if you will Mm -hmm. he walks away saying oh God was here all along I just wasn't aware of it Mm -hmm. that moment alone with God helped me to remember that God was here all along that is the present narrative all throughout if you want to pick up again do you have any thoughts on that yes okay the name of this podcast what Jacob's magical mushrooms oh I love it (laughs) 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 <laughs> really right. good um his profound moment alone with god leads him to conclude that god was there the whole time jacob just wasn't paying attention jesus invites us to a kind of prayer where we can encounter god in such a way that we become more likely to encounter god when we're not praying did you catch that uh do you want me to read it again if you want to okay did you catch it 
Uh, let me read it one more time. Jesus invites us to a kind of prayer where we can encounter God in such a way that we become more likely to encounter God when we're not praying. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's a little weird and a little hippy-dippy, but I do believe that this is the point. We're not meant to ascend to the presence of God. We're meant to have the presence of God descend on us. And then we can take it with us everywhere we go. Which leads to the second point I'd like to make to reconcile this message with last week's message. And again, the reconciliation that we're doing here, the thing that we're trying trying to make a good point of, how do we reconcile the idea that Jesus tells us sometimes we need to go and pray alone with God with the idea that God does not intend for us to pray while we ignore the world around us. That's the thing we're trying to reconcile. And this is the second thing that I think leads into this. Do you have something to say on that previous idea? I don't know. It just hit me hard. <laughs> I don't Do you want to say anything? Mm-hmm. No. Number two, um, being alone with God makes us more like Jesus. And I don't mean like it gives us superpowers. I Uh, mean, there is a joke. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it helps you to begin to see the world as someone who is here to pour out of yourself to help the world. When Jesus's disciples see Jesus go away to be alone with God they also see him come back with a purpose they see him coming over the hill in the distance and they can and they can tell he's going to take them somewhere to do something spectacular that day would you be willing to be honest with yourself today about your spiritual health are you praying in a way that is changing you or are you making any space in your life to be alone with God When you are alone with God, are you inviting God to bring heaven to earth through you? What do you think? Should I have ended a paragraph back or so? Why? I don't know. (laughs) Something seemed to connect there. And I'm not exactly sure what it was. No, I think that's all goes along with that paragraph. Um, I think... Well, I don't know. I think just Jacob's prayer, first of all. Or dream, I mean. Yeah. When he woke up from his sleep, then he thought the Lord is surely in this place. And I didn't even know it. To me, that is... I don't know. and then when you went on to say we're not meant to ascend to the presence of God we're meant to have the presence of God descend on us like when we connect with God when we take that time to go away and be alone and uh, I don't know invite him Like you said, that that yeah. one statement, in a, when we invite him in a, in a way that we can 
um, encounter him in a way that's like we can, it's just all around us. Like even when we're not praying. Yeah. Like we can bring heaven to earth. We can help people. We can live in those moments and, and know that God is, and that we're doing something bigger than ourselves. We're, we're yeah. a part of something bigger than ourselves. And I think that's the, that's kind of the point here is like, I guess one of what I'm saying is, it's not that weird. All of those versions of prayer that we talked about last week and the ones that we talked about at the top of this message, they aren't that weird because those are prayers of ascent. Yeah. Those are prayers of get me away from the way things are on the earth. Right. Up to heaven. Get right. me to the presence of God for a moment. It's not that weird. That's what all of the prayers of every religious tradition that's ever existed are. That's what wishful thinking is. That's what it it all comes to this like get me out of here and alone with God. And Jesus's type of prayer is weird because he says Mm-mm. You don't go somewhere else yeah. to be with God. You don't leave earth and go to heaven to be with God. You bring heaven to earth right. to be with God. And that's kind of the, the thesis statement, I guess, of this whole sermon is to say, why do you need to be alone with God if the whole idea is not for you to ignore what's going on around you? Well, to be alone with God is to is to help us begin to see that we're never not alone with God we do have to sort of focus we do have to meditate we do have to be present in those moments we do have to make some intentional steps towards so that we can wake up right and say surely God was in this place and I was unaware of it Hmm. it's not oh good now God is here because I prayed right it's oh God was always here he was always yeah I just wasn't paying attention yeah What's a good sermon title? Oh, I didn't know you needed a sermon title. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to make that a part oh, of the podcast Jacob's now. Jacob's Magical Mushrooms. Jacob's Magical Mushrooms. I really like it. <laughs> I really like it. I think it's going to uh, offend and upset the right kinds of people. Um, <laughs> that's a great podcast title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no questions and qualms about that whatsoever, but... As far as (laughs) the sermon title for Sunday, I might have to think on that. (laughs) Yeah, it might be a little much. I also wonder... I thought Prayer is Weird is our sermon title. That's a series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got a series called Prayer is Weird. And then a sermon called Jacob's Magical Mushrooms. That's kind of... Right. That sounds weird. Sounds like it kind of fits into it pretty well. Um, what I think might be the, the consideration would be the, the diplomacy involved is like, okay, do we really want to call this wonderful Jewish hero and saint? Uh, do we want to, uh, accuse well, him of using mushroom, magical mushrooms? We don't know that he did, but <laughs> he had a pretty trippy dippy dream. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Y'all yeah, get maybe high don't. on drugs. I get high on God. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> What about getting high on God? No. No. (laughs) It's pretty good. It's not that good. No. It didn't... Who was the one... Didn't... No, that was Joseph. What? The coat of many colors. 
wasn't there something that was like all weird about that too? Trippy? Yeah. No. I don't know. Okay. We actually don't know if psychedelic uh, drugs and things were present. I mean, somebody might know. I assume they were, like, especially when it comes to... I mean, to, if you're just going around foraging. When it comes to psychedelic <laughs> mushrooms and things, like, those are not genetically modified in any no. way. And cannabis, and there's cer- there are certainly things that were just like, yeah, these things have always been here, and they've always had essentially the same effect on people. If And, and as we know, history has taught us, people are going to pretty much eat, smoke, or drink everything at least once (laughs) that's what they're gonna learn like what does that do um and if it's an experience they enjoy then yeah they'll probably go back to it i think Mm -hmm. there's probably reason to believe that there are some things that happen in the old testament that were where drugs may have been involved i think it would be crazy to think that they weren't six thousand years i'm not saying that here i'm just (laughs) yeah just making a joke yeah I just, I know that you're making a joke, but you know how I am. I'm kind of, I'm the type of person who's kind of like, well, you know, there's not exactly like, we don't know that that's not involved somehow in Jacob's crazy, trippy (laughs) dream experience state things. Like that's, it's not exactly unheard of. Yeah. Uh, Do I think that's likely? No, probably not. I think it was probably a dream. I think you probably saw something and, and told about it and it got written down and, Hints, pretty much all of the. Bible. This is super helpful. You have anything to sign off with? Mm. No. No. Any good recipes you've tried this week? Sorry, I cried on the podcast. Try. Sorry, I cried on the podcast. That's the best way to cry, though, because you can't see my face. <laughs> <laughs> we can hear your face. Mm. I'm making chili tonight. Nice. Sweet potato, turkey chili, not your average, with black beans. <laughs> Not your normal chili. Nice. Love it. All right. Well, thank you for listening. If you made it all the way to here, we really appreciate it. Happy Valentine's Day. Send us your letter. Are you talking to me? No, the listener. (laughs) Send us your letters and complaints and emails uh, about Megan accusing Jacob of being a (laughs) pothead. No. 